Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Jennifer Conzin with The Art of Intimate Marriage. And we have been covering, boy, the last several broadcasts. We are on part five or six of this on questions that singles and teens ask. And although I'm answering for single people and students and campuses and teenagers, although these questions are from them, I have had individuals share with me who are married that when they read this chapter in our book, Redeemed Sexuality, they were like, (laughs) saying how much it helped them. So you may be married listening to this, or you may be married and you have children that are these ages and you're wondering what they're asking and you're wondering how to answer them. So we're going to continue on that. We're going to end. This is the last broadcast for in this series anyway, part five or six on questions. that They have a lot of questions, don't they, these singles and teens that we're going to cover these today. But specifically today, well, you can go back and listen to previous broadcasts, by the way. But specifically today, I'm going to be answering questions that they ask about sex during marriage. Aha. So in other words, single people that aren't married have questions about sex during marriage. Teens have questions about what's okay and not okay to do when you're married. And you might be surprised and we should honor that because it might be quite important to answer them. So let's start with that. This individual asked, are there boundaries for married couples in terms of purity? <laughs> Can't you just hear this question? Uh, there's so many boundaries around sexuality when I'm not engaging in sex. Are there also boundaries when you're married? Yep, there sure are. Don't do it with someone else other than your spouse. Don't think sexually about anyone other than your spouse. So this definitely means no pornography and no fantasizing about anybody other than your spouse. And to only, and this is, the part that we help married couples with only include sexual activities that you both agree on. So the boundaries might not be straight from scripture, but they might be something that a couple agrees on. So we always encourage people to go back. This is in our book, The Art of Marriage, but we also included it in Redeemed Sexuality um, so that married and single individuals can understand what does the Bible teach about boundaries. I'm going to go over some of their specific questions in a minute here. You'll you'd be surprised what some of their questions are. But even in God's churches, it's important that young disciples, that we give and, and receive differing input on what to include in their bedroom, um, including whatever this person was asking about, whether you can masturbate, and whether you can be involved in other types of sexuality. And so we give the what, what we call our what's allowed list. So go ahead and look that up. You can find that on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. But we recommend to couples to figure out if something is a boundary. Couples are usually, they have to work it out in a number of areas on what would be healthy boundaries that they have in their sexual relationships, such as what do you do when someone initiates sex? 
How do you refuse sex? What level of detail do you talk about your sex life with other people? How often do we have sex? Where and when do we have sex? So married couples have to talk about this and figure these things out. So yes, there are boundaries and it has to do with often thoughtfulness and love, kindness, and it's important to often reevaluate boundaries in marriages and to restructure them, especially if there's been any kind of betrayal or a violation that happens in marriage, because that will change the boundaries to sexuality. So if someone gets involved either in an affair or in pornography or sexual addiction, then boundaries in marriages do change. So if you're single and wondering, are you the only one with boundaries around your sexuality? No, God has all kinds, if you, if you look at it, even in the Bible, actually most of the scriptures are about what not to do. So all kinds of guidance from God. Here's another question. If I had a negative sexual experience before, how would it change my perspective about sex? I was sexually abused in the past. And whenever I had sex in the past, my body froze. And how will I deal with that in marriage? So this is somebody that has decided not to engage sexually They've become a Christian, but they know that in the past when they did engage sexually, that they froze up because of some sexual abuse that they had endured when they were younger. And so this is a valid question. Will I have these problems when I'm married? And so, again, single people aren't asking these questions. They're not talking about it because married people aren't giving them the place to talk about it. So they do have these questions. Give room to talk about it. It is pretty much reclaiming the beauty of sex within marriage is often a process for anybody that has a negative background in sex. The negative experience is sometimes sexual abuse as a child, or it might be some kind of negative experience with another adult during the adult years. So it can be rape or any kind of a violation. And so it is important if that is the case, go ahead and, you know, read through if you're if you're coming into getting married, if you're engaged, go ahead and pick up the Art of Intimate Marriage. And in there, it has some direction on what to do go ahead and read that because it does give a more complete answer. And also you can read um, Wendy Maltz's book, The Sexual Healing Journey. So in other words, even as a single, you can do some sexual healing before you get married. And then you can absolutely use those tools as a married individual. It's important to go ahead and explore those things so that when you're married and then if you need some more help when you're married, you've already got some pieces to build on and to grow in. And we encourage that. People can come to have a positive view of sex, but it may mean that you need to relearn about sex. And so go back and listen to previous broadcasts on what does the Bible say about sex and then consider seeing somebody professionally. Earlier, I mentioned that boundaries for married couples. Here's some more questions that we definitely get directly asked. Is oral sex biblical? And when is oral sex okay? Mind you, this was a single campus teen group that this question came from. They are wondering. And it's important if they're asking that we talk about it. In fact, when I was with one of my kids, when they were young, they had already had their, they had just had their talk with their dad. This was one of my sons had just had a talk with his dad and about how babies are made. And so then I took him out for ice cream and I 
I said, do you have any questions? Because I would always follow up. And nope, he said. And I said, are you sure? Nope. And he really obviously still had a question. And I said, it's okay. And then finally he said, do you put your mouth on daddy's penis? (laughs) And here's me having this talk with my young seven-year-old boy. And I'm like, shoot, I wasn't expecting that one. You know, one of the things that I did say is I said, you know what? God made our bodies. And when you're married, any part of your body can touch any part of their body. And any part of their body can touch any part of yours. (laughs) dodged that one. So I didn't actually answer it specifically because I don't think you need to put a picture in their mind. However, we do need to answer that. It's a valid question from a seven-year-old, from a 25-year-old, from a college student. So answer honestly. You can do that. Kids of all ages, adults of all ages, they have these questions. And so one of the questions is, is it biblical? Is it okay? So Again, when you look at that question, is it biblical? What we would recommend is look at Song of Songs. When you look at the descriptions of the garden, ultimately, there's not a scripture that says, go ahead and do oral sex. There's no scripture that says that. However, when you look at Song of Songs, it talks quite a bit about the garden, and that he loves to explore her garden and that her, the, uh, the spring of waters flows over his teeth. The wine of her body goes over his teeth. So this is straight out of Song of Songs. It is definitely, clearly an illusion to oral sex. Now, there are people that would differ with that view, but the whole book of Song of Songs is very sensual and very sexual. He there is talking about browsing through the garden, and then he talks about climbing the body and grasping the fruit. So he's talking about a full sexual exploration of the body. So it appears in Song of Solomon, again, these are poetic illustrations to not only um, describe but encourage oral sex. Does that mean that everybody needs to engage in oral sex? And does that mean you should demand oral sex? No. Demanding anything is not a good idea sexually. And again, this is where you can address this by just going through the what's allowed list that we give. However, when it comes to singles, this comes up. Is oral sex biblical if you're single? Well, that would come down to can you engage in orgasm and sexuality when you're not married. And so we've already addressed this in previous broadcasts, but the reality is oral sex leads to orgasm. So oral sex is sexual. It is sex. And that's important to remember because sometimes people are asking this not just about uh, during marriage, but also when they're single. You know, can you have oral sex if you're not married? Well, you know, the reality is God says, keep it for marriage. And then can you do it when you're married? The scriptures seem to definitely indicate that. What about anal sex? This is the next person's question. Is anal sex okay? We do get this from both married and single individuals. Um, Just recently, I did a marital retreat and I had two different individuals come up and ask about anal sex. And so, yes, married's ask it. But this question actually came from a single individual. Is anal sex okay? You know, before marriage, biblically, 
Anal sex would be sexual morality and so is therefore not okay, just as much as intercourse would not be okay. So any sexuality that happens, whether it's oral sex, anal sex, intercourse, any kind of reaching orgasm, biblically is not supported. Okay? But during marriage, is this something that a couple can engage in? Well, again, we leave these things to couples to decide. Couples do engage in anal sex. The question that we often get is, should we? Not do we, but should we? And you will have leaders of churches and elders in churches give very different answers. So we do recommend we send people to our what's allowed list to, dis- to determine that answer. But we also tell people to consider the physical consequences of engaging in anal sex because the anus, the tissues of the anus are not as flexible as the tissues of the vagina at all, actually. And it doesn't secrete the lubrication that the vagina does. And so anal sex does cause fissures and it does cause cracks in the walls of the anus, which can then, of course, lead to various problems. And so there can be medical concerns with anal sex that need to be considered when you're making that decision. And then also, this particular practice sexually with engaging in anal sex is an area of conflict often between husbands and wives. And so if there is any demanding of anal sex, that's problematic. And this does come up with couples that I work with where a wife will say, my husband is demanding anal sex. And at times spouses will engage in bartering or in demanding um, things. And that in and of itself is obviously contrary to the very heart of sexuality in the scriptures. And so this practice, although it is one of those that you can talk about, it has to only be by mutual consent and it needs to be of benefit to the relationship. If it is not, then it's clearly not within the heart of the scriptures. So go ahead and take some time to examine that overarching view of sexuality, the heart behind sexuality that will help you decide that in your future. And and if you're single and you're wondering, you might want to answer that now. So let me just remind you what, what you're listening to. This is an ongoing broadcast, and yet it is recorded in a podcast version on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. You can go listen to there. And if you have further questions, you can pick up our book, The Art of Intimate Marriage. You can also pick up Redeemed Sexuality, which is where a lot of these questions are in vivid detail. I am going over uh, more more here in this program, but you can go back and read that. You can also, um, if you're married, pick up some cards, the intimate marriage cards. They're also available on Amazon to help with your communication around sexuality. And then there are places where you can send me questions. You can find that link on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. You can also send them to my email, jenniferconson at yahoo.com. So feel free on that Same website is a link. This is a listener-supported ministry. And if you would like to see this continue on here in San Diego, but then also in other cities, or if you'd like it to be at other times of the week, you want other people to hear about it, consider a contribution to that effort. All right, let's go on to some other questions that people have that are single and teens. If I successfully control my sexual desire for a good amount of time, is it possible that I will lose my sexual desire forever? And this individual put their 
question in capitals with the word forever is in capitals. So in other words, there's some fear here that if I don't have it and I'm waiting, then when I do get married, will I have lost the desire to have it? And that's that's a very genuine question. And if I don't use it, will I lose it? Actually, yeah, you'll find that answer as a yes all over the internet. Um, it is all over the internet. Um, if you don't use it, you will lose it. So the secular word is saying, the secular world is saying yes to that. That, you know, when you get married, it won't be able to switch back on. So that's a really great question. It's one of the common challenges that newly couples, newly married couples do have. And so let me answer you genuinely. Yes, it can sometimes be challenging to all of a sudden just, you know, flip a switch. All of a sudden, boom, I'm supposed to desire sex all the time when I've been shutting it down, maybe for decades, if you get married when you're older. And so then they get married and it doesn't go so well. They save themselves for marriage and they stopped having sex when they became a Christian. And then surely God will reward us and it'll go really great on that first night, right? <laughs> and so we have to talk about this. I'm so excited that a, a single person asked this. You know, will God reward us if we did it right? You know, it'll go great, right? The reality is it's a bit more complicated. <laughs> so commonly men who do uh, lack in sexual desire when they do finally get married, commonly their desire kicks back in without any problem. But for some couples, a wife is the one whose sexual desire full-blown kicks in and her story might be different. And so... It's just important to realize that, yes, there are some who have controlled their sexual desire response so tightly that then when they get married, it's hard for them to allow themselves to go ahead and feel the desire and to experience and enjoy sexual feelings. But for others, they actually end up having so much desire and then they're disappointed that their spouse doesn't want to engage. So the story can be quite different. They marry, they're older, um, there's some who are older who get married and then their physical drive is lower. Others sometimes find that when they do get married, although they don't think that much about sex beforehand, when they do engage, they really enjoy it mutually and they, they have a really loving sexual relationship and that desire might kick in as they get going. And so if any of these kind of scenarios are what you or what happened for you in the future, just talk openly about it. If you're worried about it now, make sure you talk about it before you get married with somebody that you trust. Because you can have a fulfilling, enjoyable sexual relationship with your spouse. If those problems occur during your marriage, get open, get help early on. Don't wait months and years. I do have individuals who have called me right after their honeymoon and told me the challenges they've had. I actually had that occur recently with a couple different situations. And I love that, that they didn't wait. They actually sought help right away. Some of the best input on our sex life when my husband and I got married were literally, we got off the plane, the couple that picked us up from the airport gave us an assignment to do. <laughs> we got off the plane from our honeymoon and they gave us a, an assignment to do that encouraged a great sexual life. And how awesome is that? That is what we should be doing. If you're helping engaged couples and then they get married, don't stop talking about their sexuality. Um, start talking about it from the moment they get off that plane. Be open, be real, and, and have a lot of fun figuring it out. Okay, here's another great question. Is it 
painful to have sex? One question that came from one individual. Another individual asked, do you bleed when you have sex the first time? They have these questions. You better be opening up the doors to let them asking it. Some individuals do have pain. So let me just answer this right away. Yes, some individuals do have pain when they first have sex. And this is actually true, not just for women. So you'll notice this question is more geared towards women, but there are men that experience sexual pain as well. Um, Sometimes if they aren't circumcised, I have worked with individuals where they experience some tearing of their circumcision, of the the tissue of, around the penis that was that that um, is still there, and so that's important to know. Sometimes men experience other forms of pain due to maybe uh, damage to their pelvic floor. So yes, both men and women can experience pain the first time that they do engage when they get married. Men report all kinds of different experiences, and so women will often say that when they had sex. They felt um, like they, they, that the penis felt too large, that it felt like there was a ripping and tearing sensation. I'm, I'm really going to scare all of you here. So yes, yes, there can be pain when you first engage sexually. Um, it is helpful to talk about it ahead of time. You may need to use a lubricant ahead of time. You may need to make sure that if you're a male listening to this, that you bring her to orgasm first so that she has plenty of lubrication naturally. But yes, women that haven't had sex sometimes also do bleed. And that can be because there's a tearing of this. There's a layer of tissue called the hymen that is might slightly still be covering over the vagina. And so that can tear. Most of the time, it's already torn, either because someone rode a bike or someone was a gymnast or someone was just playing or someone... Uh, road horses, sports, all of those things can actually remove that barrier so that by the time someone gets married, there is no blood flow. But it is not uncommon for there to be some blood flow. So many don't experience pain and bleeding and some do. It's just important to know what to do when that happens. For those who don't experience bleeding, they may still have discomfort though. So even though it doesn't bleed, they may feel some pain when the penis enters or when their husband begins to thrust and the pain may continue during intercourse. And so this may be that the wife, this new bride, doesn't have enough of their own arousal going. So it may be that this the young groom entered too soon, too quick, without giving enough stimulation to his young bride. And it may also mean that she could use, she maybe is having some hormonal imbalances or some medical complications. So if you are single and you're listening to this, and if you've ever had problems with using a tampon where it's, and you can't go to a gynecologist or that when you do, it's super painful, or if you've used any kind of birth control, or if you've had any problems with hormonal imbalances, really heavy periods through when you were younger, and so you went on some kind of birth control to help with that, if you've had any hormonal issues then yes, that can, can be a part of what comes to play when you're married and start to engage in sex. And so that's where you would go to a sexual medicine specialist to find out if you do have a medical issue there, especially if it's in conjunction with any kind of hormonal issues. So we tell couples when they get married, take a good lubricant with them on their honeymoon and then make sure to feel free to ask 
any kind of recommendations before you leave for your honeymoon about what to do if there is discomfort or pain. And then if you do experience bleeding and if the pain continues, even after that, like meaning it didn't, if the bleeding doesn't stop and it continues each time, then you may be having other medical issues that, well, you are having other medical issues you need to address. So go see a medical professional, go see a sex therapist and get those things answered. So the reality is I'm answering you. Yes, you can have these problems. The majority of couples do not experience pain or bleeding. So <laughs> if you're one of those who does, it is normal. If it continues, get lots of help so that you can end up enjoying sex physically. All right, let's look at one last question here. What's some advice you would give someone who has never engaged in sex and they have fears about it? How do you get rid of those fears? You know, people do have fear about sex before they're married. And the main thing to start working on that now, start reading about it now, start engaging in before you're married. Yes, not after people say, oh, and like the week before, if somebody has fears about sex, they might need to work through some things in their background. And so you don't have to wait till you're engaged to learn about sexuality. Start asking the questions and verbalizing your fears now. So those of you who are married, who are listening to this, the married brothers and sisters who are listening, set a safe atmosphere so that these single brothers and sisters can talk and ask about these really challenging questions. Also, give a workshop, those of you who are married, to the singles. Read this book together as a, the book, uh, Redeemed Sexuality, as a ministry, and then have some open discussions afterwards. There's all kinds of, in our book, Redeemed Sexuality, there's all kinds of questions at the end of each chapter that you can use to create open conversations. And then when it comes to those fears, when you do get married, talk openly with your spouse about those fears. Use the book, The Art of Intimate Marriage. I had a couple just recently, they, they took our book, The Art of Intimate Marriage, on their honeymoon with them and read it to each other on their honeymoon. And I was like, that's so great. And they said it really helped them even in their communication. So take something along with you to help out. Seek direction on how to have that conversation when you're married and then how to really have a great honeymoon, what some of the barriers might be, and then what to do after your honeymoon if those problems continue. So it's important. Take the time. Take the time to get to know one another's bodies. Take the time to give to one another sexually. Learn about talking openly about sex. Because honestly, talking about it is one of the number one things that helps with that fear. So if you've got any other questions from this program, send them my way. JenniferConson at Yahoo.com. This is Dr. Jennifer Conson with The Art of Intimate Marriage. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now, let's be real. This is not a typical radio program, and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Conson to address here on air, email her at jenniferconson at yahoo.com. Conson is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N, jenniferconson at yahoo.com. We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. To give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Kanzen's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.